Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show that's on In the Morning. We have got a very good show here for you today. We've got Commissioner Christian Whitehurst sitting in with us. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, the situation with the former county administrator, Hunter Conrad. Uh, we're going to talk about where uh, what that looks like right now, um, who's going to be filling in in the interim. We're going to talk about what the search for a new administrator is going to look like. Um, but we're going to get into all of that, man. Also, uh, we've got a lot more to talk about, I think. I assume Blake put together some show prep for yeah, us today. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we got something. So I assume we've got other things to talk about. <laughs> something. Um, but uh, Commissioner Christian Whitehurst is sitting in with us. We appreciate that. We'll introduce you to him in just a couple of minutes. Um, but uh, before we do, I will remind you that uh, uh, we've got some great swag in the swag store, man. Check yes, it out. Yes, we do. 904 Now uh, smartphone app, which is a free download on iPhone and Android, by the way. A lot of downloads for that thing. Good. Very, very many downloads. Interesting. That's nice. An uptick. That's right. So you guys can check that out in there. Get yourself some great 904 swag. Show off your love for St. John's County in the 904. Every commissioner wears them. <laughs> That's false. Oh, actually, man. Unfortunately, we should order some New shirts trend. for Let's all the commissioners. Let's yeah. make a trip. Let's make a trip. Yeah. Well, well, ask, they, it's well, under $25. They can yeah. accept that. Okay. okay. Send oh, this okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's not considered a bribe. They, <laughs> they don't have to report it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Great. Well, uh, yeah. We'll see if we can make that standard attire. By the end of this show, maybe that'll be standard attire at the yeah. county commission. Yes. Very Doubt cool. it. Yeah. Maybe. There's always next, a chance. Next meeting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, before we get into before we get to that, I will remind you that our friends at Bozard Ford Lincoln uh, help us have these conversations. They've been uh, hanging out for 74 years here in St. Augustine and St. John's County and helping you get hooked up with a new vehicle. For three generations, their team at the dealership have grown to meet the needs of our great community. Out there on the Bozard campus at I-95 and State Road 16, they are filling back up with inventory from Ford and Lincoln, along with a great Great selection of pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. They got that state-of-the-art service department, the quick lane for express service and parts. And of course, no trip to the dealership is complete without a stop at Ford's Garage for one of those signature burgers. I would recommend the 904 Now Burger, aka the Jiffy Burger. The best of the best. Probably the best. Yeah. I mean, if you have no taste, get the other ones. Yeah, right. Much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. But if you want an experience, if you want a burger experience. Well, you're yeah. going out. You want to do something different. I like it. Yeah. 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 Um, from delivery of your new car in your very own driveway to mobile service for your fleet of company vehicles and anything in between, the team at Bozard Ford Lincoln is ready to meet your needs in a way that is designed exclusively for you. Come let their family take care of your family. They're Bozard Ford Lincoln, and they are driven to inspire. Also, big shout out to Fidus Roofing, Great Expectations Realty and Auction, Chiba Hut, Toasted Sub, St. Augie's Pizza, BHF Insurance, Ah, Mara Med Spa, Griffin Service, Chris Lucero Bail Bonds, and the Classic Car Museum and Classic Eventage, who we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. But first, uh, joining me to host this show here this morning, as usual, Troy Blevins, Davey Hartzell. We got Clay uh, Blasser back in the booth. How are you guys doing? Hey, happy Wednesday. <gasps> Home day. Yeah. I didn't say it, did I? No, you didn't. No, nope, he, he, he gets, he gets a check mark. Very gets nice. a check mark. They're literally keeping track of how many times I get my job right here Good. <laughs> at the studio, which is well, it's, that's just how nice. many times you don't take my job. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. You, you do your job very well, but okay. sometimes you take my job. Yes, I do. Because you do your job too well. Okay. Uh, Thank you, oh, job that's... police. The job police is here, everybody, <laughs> making sure everybody does what they're supposed to do. There we go. Uh, we so, appreciate it. But I'm doing well. Good, man. Good. Davey? Oh, man, fantastic. Clay, how you doing in the booth, man? 
Kid, I uh, had my last cup of mushroom coffee. Then oh, ran out. place on the mushroom coffee train. So I was here an hour early, man. Oh, wow. Mushroom, mushroom coffee? Yeah, it's a new thing now. now Dave well, is into it, right? Yeah, so yeah been I've been doing, doing it for years. A while. Yeah. It actually t- takes out the like the jitters of the caffeine. It keeps you, it's sort of, it's just cordyceps. It's really super healthy I for you. I did mushroom tea in college. I don't think that's the same. Uh, that's it's a little not bit the same. The same dippy sippy. Well, okay. And the commissioner just left. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a part Flowers of this conversation. In her hair. What are you doing? It yeah. was college. Good questions for the commissioner today. It's all legal. Thank you, Woodstock. We saw it all. Okay. Right. <laughs> now you guys know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to know what's wrong with you. No, no, we don't really, ask. We this, don't dive into this that. This table dark is run. not big enough for all those. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> you are an amalgam. You know that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what an amalgam means. It's like a rare kind of ooh, something interesting. <laughs> yeah, like wow, know. he really got through that fire. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's an awkward unicorn. It really, truly <laughs> is like a like a bent one. <laughs> Well, Mr. Amalgam, what is our question of the day? Sir? All right, question of the day is because we're a little over halfway through the year. What's your highlight of the year so far? Oh, okay. Um, I'm uh, my highlight of the year is that I got to I got to be in a Food Network show for the last twenty minutes of the whole damn show. I watched right. this yesterday. Yeah. Got to see the Jimmy Jam episode yesterday. Had to pay for a cable service, which I'm not happy about. What? I should have just given you, you see, my you... BW. Really? I know. Uh, well, you you should have just asked me. You should have called Blake. He'd have taught you how to no, pirate I'm, it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got a free trial at the Discovery Channel, which I'm canceling today. So. <laughs> it's, it's Don't forget, because it'll get you. <laughs> it's, it's all good, man. No, that was a highlight of my year. That was pretty cool. It was a great episode, by no, the way. You, Minus you, me. No, it you did well. great without me. Mm. But yeah. that, was, that was pretty cool, man. That yeah, was, they, they made awesome. you look good. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like a they need to cut me a check. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they owe me some money for not having to do any work on their end for the last quarter of the show. Uh, and also, they should update my IMDb page. Yes, because I now start in a food network. Yeah, that's right. And the Emmy yep. nomination would How be do nice. I update that, Troy. Uh, I think you just go on and do it. Okay. So, I don't know anything about that. You guys put my IMDb. Yeah, we put you, we put you up there. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, we'll work on that. Um, um, I got to go with the .5K. Oh, Absolutely yeah. incredible moment awesome. to rally and get this whole team uh, together. It was super fun. That was a great event. Yeah, that was really cool. We got in a little bit of trouble for that, but it was still really That's okay. Cool. It's worth no. it. Good yeah. trouble. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider that trouble. No. You guys no, think no, that's no. trouble. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> no. You do need to walk in my shoes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Clay, what you got, man? Um, we go with uh, doing an, a show at the amphitheater. Oh, yeah. Oh, remember. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. Even though it was just a graduation and then um, kids camp, but hey, I'm getting there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Very good. That was a big step. Set yeah, man. Seat. So, uh, and I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the vacations I took. I've had some really good vacations. I went to yeah. Vegas, had an amazing time. Went uh, did the Grand Canyon, and uh, then uh, also doing uh, the boat trip. I mean, I got got to kind of just reset for nine days on the you know sailing. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to give the two times I wasn't working. Was the highlight of my year. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That you were always working, doing something. And not that I hate my job, but it's right. still it was just jobs, like your jobs, jobs your multiple you jobs. Know, with but I, I, I enjoy what I do working, but it's just like those two moments really stand out. Like, okay, I remember those moments more than anything else. So, okay, I think we should Good ask answers. the commissioner. 
Okay, sure. We, Let's we really ask the commissioner on, on, on the question. Let's just the, you can yes. just take my job today and do the intros of the guests and stuff. Well, that's fine. That's well, fine, commissioner. He doesn't get to talk about positive <laughs> stuff. He's, he's in politics. Commissioner <laughs> right? Whitehurst. Hey, good morning. Good to see you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for good. having me on. Yeah, man. All right. So, what's your answer to the question of the day? So we took our first trip to Disney and it was epic. We cool. took the kids for the first time. I've got uh, daughters who are seven and now five year, years old. Perfect age. It, yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's that, age. you know, I'm a lifelong Floridian. So going to Disney is sort of a rite of passage. And So you had never been before? I had been okay. many, many okay. times, but my okay. children had never been. And so, the, I mean, one of the reasons you have kids is so you can take them to Disney. I think that's one of the reasons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Not the only reason. Well, I haven't had kids. <laughs> I don't care about this. So you can give all your money <laughs> right. oh, yeah. to Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. So, so we definitely, we made that first trip. And, and not only did we take the kids and, and stay all week, which is just a bizarre, crazy thing to do. Yes, it but is. But we took my parents and we took my wife's parents because we like a lot of arguing we don't want there to be a lot of getting along i, I like yeah. no reason. confrontation if i'm going no to take to relax, personal time off to go but it really was magical the girls are into all the princesses and they're, yeah. they're into all you know it's magic for them at that age and so yeah. that was did you go to princess lunch well mm. i don't think we made princess lunch okay we spent a lot of time around a lot of princesses yeah 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 but not while dining okay, okay. <laughs> so so no we didn't make princess lunch but but for the girls that was amazing so for me that's my moment of the year that's cool. awesome that's, that's fun. awesome that's very good rewarding. some more wholesome answer than some of ours yeah, yeah, yeah very cool. nice that's cool all right man good stuff um looking forward to seeing you guys' answers out there in the comments i'll check those after the show troy and davy will be checking those during the show they're already all on it. Yep. Uh, we now go to Troy Blevins for a quick check of the weather. Troy, good day. Uh, quick check of the weather brought to you by Great Expectations Realty and Auction. They can sell your home, your business, and everything in it. Check them out at geauction.com, gerealty.us. We now go to Clay Blasser for what has become our actual traffic reports. Clay? All right, we are up here today with Jerry. Oh, no. Why is Jerry down there in the bottom left corner? Bottom well, right corner. What's going on? We don't actually cover the roads, so <laughs> I also have the roads up there, too, for you. Um, traffic. Like the waves are calm. Yeah, the traffic's calm. Waves are calm. You okay. Know, so we got the boat forecast and the traffic forecast. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice, man. Boy. You have motion sickness. Just yeah. look up at the upper left. Yeah. Focus on a tree. Focus on a tree and a camera shot, not Jerry's shots. Okay. Oh, oh, I, can't, I can only watch Jerry's shots. Yeah. It's the oh. most distracting one, and it's the least professional. Oh. Yeah, we have Jerry's still under contract as well. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. we're still paying Jerry $17 to do each of these reports. I don't know how he pays for gas in the helicopter. I think it's, we a week. it's not his helicopter. It's just well, it is a yeah, yeah, I don't know if he uses gas. He just, he just swipes it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we, tell the sheriff. Well, we appreciate all that. The commissioner's over here looking at us. Like, <laughs> a, you guys have a helicopter guy, and B, you're using a sheriff's helicopter? How uh, do you no. know about this? You oh, guys are in sorry. trouble. That one's mosquito control. Yeah. That's <laughs> 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 right. Good call. Good call. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, Clay Blaster. <laughs> we appreciate that traffic report. And you're going to appreciate our friends at Amara Med Spa who bring you that traffic report. Uh, are you tired? You look like it. Uh, but you can get uh, you can get your skin a revival at our friend uh, with our friends at Amara Med Spa. There we go. 
their unmatched expertise and luxurious ambience sets them apart and in a league of their own. They provide personalized treatments and rejuvenating facials designed to bring back your youthful radiance. No one in town comes close. You have high standards, and so do they. Start your journey to a more beautiful and vibrant you at theamaramedspa.com. They are redefining beauty and luxury. And we talked to their CEO yesterday on the afternoon show. Awesome combo, yeah. Greg, and he's making some big expansions, man. They're doing very, very big things. So congratulations to them. And it's because they're doing great work. Yeah. You know, they're one of the top top med spas in the nation. They're yeah. training other med spas on how to be as awesome as they are. So uh, check them out. Get down there and treat yourself sometime very, very soon. Uh, okay, let's get into our conversation here with Commissioner Christian Whitehurst. Christian, you had a busy day yesterday. You guys had a long meeting. What time did you guys actually get out of there yesterday? I didn't actually leave the building until about 6.30. So we gave Oof. the people a full day's work. They got their money's worth out of their commissioners <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> yes, they did. Boy, they definitely did. Um, let's talk a little bit first uh, about the affordable housing situation. Something in and that everybody in St. John's County wants more information on. What are, is there any new developments? I know we, we talked about a housing authority that was on the table with you guys recently. Um, what's going on with our affordable housing situation in St. John's County? Well, a lot. We have a lot of uh, developments that are happening that are affordable per the, the HUD AMI standards. So those are, those are going up, being constructed as we speak. Um, but for me, it kind of goes back to two years ago, I was at a legislative breakfast uh, hosted by the Chamber of Commerce, and I made the statement that when I was sworn in, affordable housing was a problem in St. John's County, but now it's a full-blown blown crisis. Oh, yeah. It is. Sitting to my left at the time was the future speaker, now the Speaker of the House, Paul Renner, mm. and I feel like I may have inadvertently triggered something there because th during this year's legislative session, uh, the state legislature uh, passed something called the Live Local Act. Okay, which is good. It breaks off uh, a, a big amount of money to give to each of the 67 counties to address affordable housing issues, mm. to help mitigate impact fees, to help with, with building costs and all the things. Good. We like that part. What is a little bit scary and what's on the horizon, and we're trying to figure out how to work our way through it as a local government, is uh, now anything that is zoned commercial, anything that is zoned industrial or warehouse can now be, by right, without having to come before the Board of County Commissioners, can now be built into affordable housing. So if you have, as St. Mm. John's County does, millions and millions of square feet of entitled commercial zoning um, parcels all over our county, that could become millions and millions of square feet of affordable housing, which we need. We need affordable housing, but to mitigate the, the impacts of the traffic, the schools, all, all the things, I'm not sure... We're not quite sure what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So there's help on the way. I think we're going to see a lot of affordable housing built as a result of the Live Local Act. <clears throat> okay. But all the other questions that come with any residential development, those questions haven't quite been answered yet. All right. That, interesting. So that that kind of was a side effect of the Live Local Act? Is that what it is? Or Correct. It's what you would uh, refer to as a preemption. And, and okay. we get preempted all the time. I think most people want county commissioners to have this uh, great deal of power to enact any ordinance that we see fit to enact. And what most people don't realize is that we are fighting in many cases with one hand tied behind our back. For instance, uh, there's a vape shop right across the street from an elementary school in my district. And oh, I had that our, sounds healthy. Isn't that wonderful? Yep. So, so bright neon signs. For the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? That's what right. colorful toys that they can all bring to school. So you elementary school kids riding their bikes 
to school past these brightly colored signs with cherries and oranges in the window. It looks like yeah. candy, right? Yeah. So I went to our county attorneys and I said, we need to draft an ordinance that uh, creates a distance between mm. schools and vape shops like there is for a liquor store and or anything else. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I found that there was a law preventing any local county from uh, creating such an ordinance. So, oh, wow. so in that way, I mean, we can't say we want affordable housing, housing live local act, but we don't want it here. If it's zoned for commercial, they can buy right build to the highest density possible in affordable housing development. Oh, yeah, the city, the city actually has what they called, they don't officially call it, but it's kind of the red light district where they put an ordinance in like decades ago that kind of preempted some of that. And as long as the law is in place prior to the other one, you're, mm. you're, it gives you a better chance of keeping some of those things at bay. Uh, very similar is the city put in the uh, ordinance for uh, short-term rentals and houses. The county didn't have it in place, so the county has less power against short-term rentals than the city does because of the ordinance they had in place from 10 years ago. Oh, but the state locks uh, local governments into government uh, being their own government. So a lot, oh, of, a lot of mandates, nice. a lot of mandates like that, like you, we're blaming our city and county people for it, but the mandates come from the state or come from the national side and say, nope, can't do that. But it's so fun to blame our city and county people for that. It, That's what a lot so, of people there think. Was so much closer to right? Like, why yeah. not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, so much closer got to us. you target on your back. Um, uh, how does a housing authority come into play here? Is that something that we need in the affordable housing process? So we had a decision to vote up or down on a housing authority before us a few months ago. Right. I want to say perhaps even six months ago. I, I voted against it because I thought much like the Live Local Act, I thought we would lose a lot of control. What was actually before us at that time to vote up or down on was a $300,000 allocation for one employee, an executive director and some office supplies. Mm. And I think if you've studied housing authorities all over the state and, and in some parts of the country, it becomes a very top-heavy um, uh, government agency where, where, yes, you receive some federal funding, and yes, that can make some progress with affordable housing, but you lose a lot of that local control. So I think we've done a fantastic job addressing affordable housing from the local level. And knowing now that we're going to have the Live Local Act, I think we're going to see the affordable housing issue addressed by both the state and the local levels. And, and we can do that far more effectively closer to home than we could by trying to jump through all the federal hoops that we'd be required to jump through. Yeah, it's it's just a tough situation. It's got to be a tough situation for you guys. You know, it is for us as people who work in St. John's County. It's it's just tough to afford. And I know there's, you know, the standards of affordable housing, right? And I think our median income now is like $88,000 a year, which is well above what many, many people in the county are actually making. Yeah, the household income. Yeah, the is median that, household me income. Yeah, yeah. The, the median is like 49 and the household is like 88. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's tough, but boy, it's, you know, you know, it's something we need to address sooner than later, obviously, or else we're just pricing our uh, pricing people out of the county and we're, we're already seeing that happen um so but i know it's it's high on you guys' radar because people are talking to you guys about it all the time i have to imagine that's correct and again i, th I think we've taken a number of steps you're going to see hundreds of units uh, available for purchase that fall within that hud qualification of, of 60 80 120 percent of ami so yeah we're, we're taking strides it's never going to be done fast enough but it, but it's happening I have a question for you about, we talked about Tallahassee. Uh, we're about to lose some very powerful positions in Tallahassee. 
how is the county commission preparing for that? I mean, we're losing uh, Stevenson, we're losing Renner, and uh, Hudson's. All, all three of them are going to be coming out of positions of power where we had uh, a lot of power and a lot of money coming uh, to St. John's County. How are we preparing for that drop in, uh, I'd say, juice in, in Tallahassee? Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult after next year's legislative session because then we'll have a bunch of freshmen coming in again. Right now is the very best time to, to make your requests of your legislative delegation. We have Senator Hudson, who's in leadership. We have the Speaker of the Florida House representing the southern third of St. John's County. We have Bobby Payne, who is, uh, when redistricting happened, he was drawn into the eastern, I'm sorry, the western boundary mm-hmm. of St. John's. And of course, Representative Stevenson, who used to be a county commissioner, who understands mm-hmm. the issues that affect the county. She's been representing us. This will be her eighth and final year as our state representative. So I took a trip to Tallahassee with staff this year just to be the squeakiest wheel I could possibly be to get funding. And as a result, we saw a record amount of funding come back from Tallahassee. I mean, St. John's County's never gotten that much for, for our needs, but yet we need much, much more. So I'll be going back again next year. And I would encourage everybody, if you have something that you want to see done for St. John's County, if we need funding, make those requests now. Start today. Yeah. Session happens, I believe it's going to happen in, in January next mm-hmm. year. And uh, that'll be our last opportunity to have these sort of power players in Tallahassee for a long, long time. And I think the last time you were here, well, I know last time you were here, we were talking a little bit about that, the uh, sales tax increase. Um, and obviously that did not get passed. However, like you mentioned, we're, we're getting record amounts of money coming in. Is any of that money helping offset um, what you guys had planned for that one cent sales tax? Is any of that money going to help us in those areas? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say it doesn't help. It helps a lot. Okay. But when you have... Uh, we had a list of $500 million mm-hmm. of infrastructure challenges. Yeah. 10 think, libraries. <laughs> 10 libraries that were to put up. I'm not, I'm not sure it was 10, but I, I know we had a few libraries on the $50 list. $50 million for a library mm-hmm. or something. I, I know. Well, I, I think that was the Sheriff's Command Center. There was $50 million for Sheriff's know. Command Center. There was fire stations. Uh, obviously, there was, you know, 100 plus miles of road. Five uh, million, wasn't it? Five million. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. We had a zero. It's a zero. Million. There you go. 50 million, 50 five sounds, million. It's all the same, right? What's, what's, a zero about, what's a zero amongst friends? I mean, really. Center. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. So the money from Tallahassee certainly helps. Pete. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, um, you know, it would be unfair to say it doesn't help, but we have yet to address the $500 million of infrastructure challenges that we're faced with. In fact, we had a presentation presentation from Joy Andrews yesterday who said that that number's grown to $700 million of capital mm. improvement needs in St. John's County. And so we are doing the very best we can. As you know, we're charging the maximum impact fee that we can per statute on residential development. So we cannot get more money from development um, we are doing everything we can to come up with creative solutions. I've been to Washington, D.C. this year, hat in hand, asking for money from the federal government. I've been to Tallahassee this year, asking for money from Tallahassee. I'm doing everything I can that that is legal. And I'm considering some things that are illegal, but but staff won't <laughs> let me do it. Yeah. I'm doing everything I can to, to think outside the box and come up with solutions to fund the, the needs of this county. Mm. So I, I saw I, when I was watching yesterday um, something about the bond. Uh, that you guys are going after. How How is our bond rating and how is that going to affect our ability to uh, borrow money uh, for some of these, like you said, some of these uh, capital, the CIPs, the capital improvement uh, projects? 
Yeah, so Jesse Dunn has done a masterful job of running the Office of Management management and Budget over the years, so much so that Moody's raised our rate from AA plus to AAA within the last 18 to 24 months. We now have a AAA rating per Moody's, and that allows us to get the best possible rates on, on, on a bonding. So, um, so yeah, we're going to see uh, our staff pursue bonds for parks, uh, for four regional parks. Now, it might take 10 years to get those built. Mm-hmm. But I think that will fundamentally positively impact um, our parks and rec like we've never seen before in the history of St. John's County. It's something I'm very, very excited about. We also have the potential to bond uh, for three fire slash sheriff stations um, in areas of need for for public safety in St. John's County. So that's something that we're looking at, and that's only possible because of the fiscal responsibility um, by Jesse Dunn over these many years. All right, let's get into some of the let's get into some of the juicy stuff, huh? Let's talk a little bit about this Hunter Conrad situation because I got to tell you, a lot of people are just a lot of people are just confused. It's slightly confusing, so I'm hoping you can clear some of this up for folks. I know it's, it's probably a little confusing for you guys too. It, had, it all happened very very quickly. Yeah. Um, I'll start by saying this: it, it seems like the accusations against Hunter Conrad, from what we know as the public, um, seemed relatively minor. Um, but uh, so I, I guess my first question is how and why just days after Commissioner Arnold's uh, accusations on his treatment of county staff, um, how did you guys organize this meeting so quickly? Um, and I guess sh- why wasn't this done publicly? Should it have been done publicly making this decision to have this performance review or how does that process even work with you guys? I think after Commissioner Arnold made her comments at the end of our June 20th meeting, I start picking up the phone. Well, first of all, I, I went up to Hunter's office afterward and I said, is, is any of this true? I'm going to have to call staff and do some fact finding. So we had a, a good conversation where he sort of explained his position. And, and I said, look, I'm going to have to call staff based on what I just heard downstairs. And he understood that. Can you elaborate on his position at all on what that was? I, I can't. I won't. Well, first of all, we signed a non-disparagement agreement right, with right. Uh, with Mr. Conrad yesterday. So I, so I can't really elaborate on any conversation that I had privately, but but I wouldn't care to. You know, it's, it's a private conversation. I, it's not my intent to ever make anybody look bad or throw anybody under the bus. Oh, sure. I'm interested in just doing. I was just wondering. That's our job. What his <laughs> job. It's our job. I was just kind of wondering what his perspective on it was, because we just haven't heard that. Nobody's yeah. heard that. Oh, I think you heard it on the floor on the record. I mean, he he Little didn't bit. he didn't agree with Sarah's assessment. That there was this culture of of fear or intimidation that that she stated that there was, but I called around. I made some calls to staff. I made some calls to ex staff. I made some calls to ex commissioners. I made some calls uh, to just people in the community that I knew who had done business with St. John's County, just to get a sense for what was going on and what their experiences were. Yeah. Uh, have, after having those conversations, I um, asked Hunter to meet me on on Monday morning for a cup of coffee, and I did. I, explained to him I thought it was best that he resign mm. after having some of those conversations. So again, I can't really get into the details. Those private conversations are private. Uh, I don't think staff really has a desire to be out front telling their story. I mean, you've seen some people go to the media and go on the record, uh, some people who are ex-staff in St. John's mm-hmm. County, but mm-hmm. um, I, I asked Hunter to resign. I did call a special meeting for Friday because I thought that we'd be able to accept the terms of the resignation we didn't get Hunter's resignation until Thursday. So then right. I canceled the meeting because each commissioner needs time to review those terms of resignation. And, and it wouldn't be fair to ask people to turn around in 12 to 18 hours to, to vote up or down. So going into that performance review, which is basically what it what was scheduled for that Friday, 
um, you guys had a pretty good idea that there was going to be a, a resignation coming from that. Well, I asked him for a resi resignation, and again, yeah. I, I I anticipated getting it sooner than Thursday. Okay. Um, okay. But but you know we we didn't get it until late Wednesday night or Thursday morning. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So yes, in yesterday's meeting, there was three things that came out of this. There was the accepting of Hunter's uh, resignation and the NDA, um, and then uh, you had to decide if you're doing the nationwide search, and then you appointed Joy Andrews. Um, so with the NDA, and, and I was a part of an NDA 12 years ago, 14 years ago, so I understand how that works. And it's just, uh, it doesn't always look like it's, uh, it doesn't always appear on the up and up, but sometimes it protects both sides of, uh, of the situation and you can move forward from it. Some of it's little minutia stuff and things like that that just doesn't need to be aired out. And respectfully for Hunter. I, I, I kind of get that because I lived it. So, um, but let's move forward on, on that. The decision on the national search, uh, how, I, I know you said you wanted to get it wrapped up in 90 days. Do you think that's really possible to get done within the 90 days timeframe? I would just point to the response from our HR director. She said, yes, that that was enough time to, to get qualified candidates uh, in the building and have, have them review the, the applications and the resumes. And yeah, she thinks that we can get some quality candidates in the door to compete for the job. Okay, what, what are some of the traits you, you as the chairman would be looking for to be in this position at this point? Well, I don't want somebody who's, who's looking at this uh, job posting from Ohio and thinking, well, they'd be really great to get out of the snow. Right, you know? right, yeah. You're not coming here for a paid vacation. We need to get results. You know, I've been pushing our staff very, very hard and, and I hope fairly, but we need to get results for the people that we represent. I hope every person in the building feels the pressure that I feel from 300,000 residents to make it, make it changes, positive changes to uh, mitigate the growth that we've all seen in these last 20 years. Um, I want somebody who's going to be willing to think outside the box, who's willing to work morning, noon, and night to get those results. Uh, so, so I think that's what we're looking for, Troy, somebody who's going to be aggressive, somebody who's going to be listening to commissioners, listening to community stakeholders, and then be willing to go out there and work their guts out to get results for our community. In, in the committee that seems to be already established, that, that was one of the things that kind of bothered me from the outside. It seems like it's already been established, but I didn't see anybody from the business world who is probably most affected by the decisions made by the politicians on that board. The search it, committee. The search committee. Sure. You know, so I mean, it, it, the uh, everybody I saw on the list was working internally within the government, and there was no outside voice or business voice on that on that committee. Um, mm. Was that ever a, a thought that that came into play for that committee? Well, I asked Jerry Wilson to uh, serve on the committee because of ex his experience in the private sector. I mean, you know, he's a vice president of Coca-Cola. He worked internationally for many, many years. He's worked on the amphitheater mm -hmm. transition from, from being government to a, a private 501c3 operation. He's worked on the Ponte Vedra concert hall. So I, I consider him as a bright mind from the private sector. He is sort well, of the- How long has Jerry been here? I'm not sure. He's only been here for a handful of years, but I think in that time, he's he's done a good job of understanding. I mean, I think the fact that he's been so involved with the amphitheater, mm. so involved with the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall. Um, do you have a recommendation? Perhaps you could help me. Oh, you, the guy right upstairs. 
Mike Davis. I mean, you know, uh, his his family business has been here for 54 years. Mark Bailey. Uh, You know, I I can come up with, you know, people that have lived through the growth, been through several recessions, been through several different uh, commissioners and and been through several different uh, administrators and understand the true history of St. John's County. Jerry seems to be a very intelligent and, and good guy, but he doesn't have the history. Uh, and I see him still being internal because of the way uh, the amphitheater has been separated. So that's, that's, that was, well, one I appreciate of- the feedback. I, I will say this, Eddie Kramer, who's our property appraiser, mm-hmm. really smart guy comes mm-hmm. from finance and banking. Uh, he texted me while the meeting was going on to tell me that he could not serve on the committee. Mm-hmm. So we have an opening. Yeah. <laughs> so we that's have an opening. That's why I asked yeah. you. Yeah. Who, who yeah you I would like it to be a, yeah. a, a private, you know, just from my personal looking in, it's like, wait, these guys all are kind of connected. Uh, I would like it to be a business person that has ties over decades within the community. Okay. You know, and I, there's, there's plenty out there. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a bunch of people out there that are in the private industry and, uh, and Eddie, Eddie, because his banking would have probably been been fine, yeah. but I mean, uh, he's he's now he's now a government guy, so understood. Yeah, so that's, that's good feedback. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that that would be nice to see a long time local who really understands mm-hmm. uh, the environment yeah. to help out with that. I think that's yeah. a great suggestion. Um, now, I want to circle back on uh, some of the some of the events over the last couple of weeks um, because obviously. These guys at the table, we've got a lot of insights on this. We've got questions of our own, but, you know, you guys get like 100 people watching the county commission meeting. So not everybody out there watching us has the fullest understanding of what's going on uh, as we might have. There was a report of uh, people being scared of Hunter Conrad to come back into the building. It was said that he was banned from the county commission building. Were you scared for your safety around Hunter Conrad? No. Okay. I was I was at no time scared uh, of Hunter or by Hunter. So so why no. do you think that happened? I, I really can't comment on that. I just I can't comment on it. So I, I will I will say this. I know a decision was made at one time to have uh, Hunter's badge access turned off. Mm-hmm. Uh, just can't go into the reasons why that was done, but that that did happen. Can yeah. I ask you in this whole situation? What do you think that we learned as a county? Well. I, I don't know if there's any one big lesson. Maybe there's a series of because you guys believed him at one point. I mean, it was he was an amazing voice for you, right? And he just got a thirty thousand dollars raise a few months ago, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that was like that. That's what I see as the layman. I'm just like, oh, there was obviously this swift cha- change in a moment of inertia, and I'm sure that that had to affect you personally too, as and professionally. So, what did we learn as professionals in this moment? Is it more listening to people more? Is it is there more vetting process? Is there a custom internal customer service you know uh, look at there? Is, what what did we learn here? Well, I think it's I think what we learned is what Henry Dean said back on the June twentieth meeting. Keeping a board of five is very very hard to do. Keep, keeping a board of five happy, I should say, yeah, is very very hard to do. Uh, you're dealing with five very independent thinkers who have different expectations of what government should do and how it should be done. It's a very difficult job being county administrator. I think the the average lifespan for a county administrator is two and a half years. Hunter made it three and a half years. That's above average. Um, Hunter did a great job leading us through COVID. I think we saw that we were one of the underperforming counties dealing with the COVID-19 crisis when it was the Florida Department of Health running the show. And And then the county got it under Hunter's leadership with the fire department and the sheriff flanking him. Did a fantastic job. 
I think we have a lot of good things to show uh, for Hunter's leadership and, and the things that happened under Hunter Conrad's administration. Um, but when you watch I, shows like House of Cards, you see like sometimes <laughs> that stuff really does happen. Is this one of those situations where it was kind of, I hate to use the word witch hunt, but kind of, was it? Was, there, was it like the dominoes falling on top of him or was there the facts there? Yeah, I would say there, there's definitely meat on the bone in terms of people's reasons for being um, upset with Hunter. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not a witch hunt. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's fair. Okay, it, I don't it, think anybody that knows what's going on behind the scenes would would use that word. Okay, yeah, I I can tell you, I I've I've had bad hires, and like at the end of the day, I was just like, wow, I possibly could have seen this or I could have seen that. Um, you know, just over my decades of hiring people and stuff like that. At some point, did you feel like, okay, we could have done a better job with this and avoided this? Um, you know, and and I I don't want to beat up on Hunter. Hunter Hunter, to me, has always been a good guy towards me and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to beat up on him because there are always a lot of different circumstances. But as a boss being in that position, I know where I was like, okay, what could I have done differently? Are you looking at that process? Uh, with the next process right now. Yeah, so you may or may not know I was not a commissioner when Hunter was hired the first time. Mm -hmm. right? When Mike Wanchek was fired, I was not yet on the board. Um, I think that we've, we've learned lessons from the way that all went down, which is why we're going out for a national search. We had a lot of good things going for us. When we decided to renew Hunter's contract back in March, you know, we have 100 projects spending over $280 million. That's the most that's ever been done in the history of St. Johns County. So you look at what's being done and sort of the initiative that's being taken to go out for the bonding solutions for parks and, and public safety. There are good things happening. And I think we all felt confident in, in renewing the contract. Other things come to light after that, and then you have to take action. If not, you're not doing your job as a commissioner. Mm -hmm. And I think we're spread so thin. We're running all over the, the county. We're elected countywide. I'm down in Hastings. I'm out in Crescent Beach. I'm all over the county. Yeah. Meeting with people, serving people. But you didn't you know, hear about any of these complaints going on while while all they were happening or nothing? I mean the short answer is no. Okay. The short the short answer is no. I am really um I, I'm working. I'm as sad hard you guys didn't know. Yeah. Like of anything. And because I, there's so many employees out there that were just really upset. And I can't believe that their voice wasn't heard. That's the only reservation I have in this whole situation. Yeah. Well, I think you have to ask yourself whether or not they felt comfortable coming to commissioners with their concerns. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I fear, I, I fear I think, of whistleblow. I okay. think when Commissioner Arnold made the statements that she made, I think it made a lot of people feel confident now to come forward. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of like one of those situations where you're like, oh, I'm not alone. You kind of feel like you're the only one being isolated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and that happens in corporate, happens in government, it happens everywhere. It's just like, you know, that's the reason we have whistle. I've whistle. always been a Norma Ray in my life. Yeah. I've always been a big mouth. So like, we have no Shocking. problem. I know, right? Can you imagine? Shocking. Never saw that coming. But there are people uh, that don't know how to do it. And well, yeah, and, and, yeah. well, there's a whistleblower blowback. And um, we're in a different society than where we were 20 years ago. This would have never came out 20 years ago. It would have stayed in, in the locker room. It would have been, you know, everything would have been locked down. You guys would have never heard about any of it mm. 20 years ago. But the generation now is more like your personality. It's like, hey, I'm not attached to this career. I can I can say what I want to say. Say something, and, yeah. you know, because society is not attached to their careers anymore. You know, it's like you might stay at a job four or five years and move on. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen 
30 years ago. Yeah. You yeah. stayed in that career the entire, your entire life. Yeah. My dad's 40 just, some odd years at the bank. Absolutely. Yeah, I get uh, it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's just kind of the way it was. So it's, it's good that we were able to get this and, and, uh, commissioner Arnold, you know, she, she really did a good job of stepping up to the plate. So, um, now I've got one more question about this topic and then, you know, we're going to move on. Um, we, we got some more. I want to talk to you a little bit about the local GOP because, uh, I know you've commented on this, uh, a couple of weeks ago and I just want to get your take on what the heck is going on, but before, what the heck is going on, no, no, but before we get there, I just got one more question on this situation. And I think a lot of people find it interesting. Uh, and maybe you can just elaborate on this for me, what you guys' thought process was, um, that obviously this whole thing started over employees being censored uh, out there at the county commission, right? And then I know you guys accepted the resignation last night in full, which included the terms of, as you mentioned before, this non-disparaging agreement, which basically says uh, that nobody can really talk about this situation. Nobody can really say anything negative about the situation, right? Am I understanding that right? So right. how is it that he's getting ousted? And, and again, I'm just passing along concerns that I've heard, right? Mm -hmm. How is it that he's getting ousted for censoring employees? And then we see you guys basically turn around and say, okay, well, we're going to censor everybody from talking about this now. Like, what was the thought process there? I think the thought process is that it's best for county operations if we're all moving forward. If we're focusing on the work, that's what we're there to do. I think this is... you know, if we all start uh, shooting at each other, calling each other names, airing all the dirty laundry, I think it's it makes for good TV. I think sure. Gets, hey, we want yeah. that. We want that. Come on. I think it's a lot of fun. If you're on the outside looking in, we want answers. I think at the end of the day, that what people really expect from the government is to get things done. And I think it would be harder for us to get things done if we're out there airing dirty laundry. If if Hunter's on the record talking about us, and we're on the record talking about Hunter, Hunter's got five small children at home. He is a person, right. and frankly, he did some good things for St. John's County. So we have people involved here. We have staff who are reluctant to get out there and get on the record. If this ever were to get into litigation, they'd have to go into a courtroom. And I, I think it saves a lot of real people who have real families and real lives a lot of heartache mm. if by, by putting this non-disparagement in, in, in place. And we get to move forward and just focus on doing the work of St. John's County, which is what we're there to yeah. do. And we're not here for, for clicks and for TV and, and all the things that might seem like a lot of fun. We need to get the work done. And I can tell you from personal experience, because I'm probably the only one in the room that signed an NDA with this county. Yeah. Um, the results are always going to end up being almost the exact same. But now we're months ahead of where we were. Uh, so I, I, I understand the NDA. Um, you know, unless there was something criminal involved, that would be completely different. But if, if there's not anything criminal involved, the result's going to be we're going to get a new county administrator. The old county administrator's out. And now we just have to not slow down the process to healing ourselves. So I understand the NDA. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to create amazing rumors. I mean, they're going to be fun. The rumors are going to be fun. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to be rumors. So, I mean, I know the rumors that happened about me. I was like, wow, I did that, you know? So, I mean, uh, well, you know, so, I mean, I, I, I got to hear them. And yeah, no, so, no. I mean, I lived through it and I, it's, it's not good for the county. And the reason I stepped away when I stepped away is it was no longer good for the people that were working with me. If I tried to stick around and, and fight what I needed to fight. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. And this applies to all county personnel, because I know Sarah Arnold herself yesterday in the meeting said, you know, I really don't agree with this, but she went forward with signing it. So does that, uh, or she uh, agreed to it. Does that, um, does that apply to all county staff? It does. And I think you heard me question how enforceable is this really to our yeah, attorney who's up there yep. making the presentation. Yep. So, so I think we all have questions about yeah. to what extent can you really hold 1400 County employees? Right. I don't, I don't think anybody reasonably expects 1400 County employees to never, ever talk about this. Uh, but the agreement is in place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll come out. It will. Yeah. Well, you will. have and some ex employees who are on the record. against the employees if that does come out. I mean, is there, are you guys going to say, oh, well, you terminated the agreement that we signed for you? Um, you're hmm. out of here. You'd have to ask our attorneys about that. I'm sure they would know what the legal <laughs> yeah, consequences yeah. of that are. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure, Pete, to be honest yeah. with you. I think we're, we're trying to end this thing peacefully in the best interest of the county. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to. Well, more drama. <laughs> it doesn't. Not? It doesn't stop right now. <laughs> um, you, you, I saw you quoted in a uh, in a recent article about the the local GOP chair, uh, uh, Blake Patterson, I believe is his name. Um, he had a very interesting meeting recently where apparently tried to uh, he asked a couple of people to sit down and there was a, a huge argument over this where the police were called and assault charges were brought up. Uh, what, what do you make of this situation? And is Mr. Patterson still the chair? Should he still be the chair? Uh, what do you think? Because you were part of this at one point, right? The local- Absolutely. I used to be the vice chair of this right. organization under Brandon Patty. And what the, what the um, REC has always been there to do is just grassroots effort. We're going to go knock on doors. We're going to fight to get good Republicans elected. And we're going to band together and support Republican candidates. Pretty basic stuff from any political party. If you're the DEC, you would do the same thing. You're there to get Democrats elected. So as the as an REC, you have a pretty ministerial role in just doing grassroots efforts. I don't know what the heck is going on over there, but it's not that. Yep. They've gotten far far afield from what they're supposed to be doing. And what was most upsetting about the video that I saw, which is really the the um, body cam, yeah. they have had a deputy standing in the room because things have gotten so heated between two or three different factions mm. in the REC. And what was so upsetting about Blake's tone is that it was really anti-law enforcement. He's berating this deputy for That's not- right. That was very disappointing. Essentially, yeah. you know, bending to his will. Do, do what I tell you, we're paying you. You should do what I'm telling yeah, you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the deputy is saying, well, no, I've got to follow the law. Yeah. yeah. These, these, these guys aren't necessarily breaking rights. the law. Yeah. And Blake can't handle being told no. That's what I heard in the body cam. So. Yeah. It, being a Republican, and I, th- I know everybody supports law enforcement, but Republicans have taken a strong position to support law enforcement over the years. And to hear this anti-law enforcement tone coming from the chairman of the Republican Party, yes, that upset me. And I went on the record to discuss that. No, Blake Patterson should not be the chairman of the Republican Party. He doesn't, um, he doesn't carry with him our values. He doesn't carry with him the mission of being the REC chair. He should resign. Mm. Is there a splintering going on in the Republican Party right now? You know, on a national level, we see the Trump folks going against the DeSantis folks, right? And this is personal for us. I mean, obviously, DeSantis lives right down the road. Um, are you concerned about the state of the Republican Party at all? Is it is it splintering off? Is it going in a different direction right now? What's your take? Uh, no, I'm not concerned. I, I do think that uh, we have a very vocal minority with some radical ideology. And I think that it's really those folks that make it seem like it, like there's a splinter. I think the core Republicans who have always been Republicans and who share our values, 
um, they're the same people that they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And, and those folks are the people who are the core of the Republican Party. So no, I'm not worried about the state of the Republican Party. I'm worried that we've been infiltrated by, by some radicals with some sort of crazy ideologies. And that's that's usually the case. I mean, when when things start to evolve, I mean, different opinions tend to look radical. Is is this really radical or is this just a situation where maybe everybody needs to come together and find some middle ground here because the party is evolving as as these things do. And we can't you know, you can't always have the same old 80 year old guys with their views um, dictating uh, what happens. So there is there any is there any middle ground? between these two because it doesn't seem like this faction that you call radical of republicans is going anywhere it seems like this seems to be part of the new wave um so where's the common ground yeah i think just stick to the core tenets i mean we are for less government not more government i think we're for more freedom not less freedom and i think as long as you stick to those core tenets you're going to be fine regardless of what your personal thoughts are on some of these other issues um but that's not what we're hearing. I think we're hearing they want more government. They want more uh, restrictions on people's freedoms. And that's not ever been a, a part of what the Republican Party is about. So that's what concerns me. Okay, fair enough. Um, one more thing before we let you go. I, I know you've been sitting in front of a microphone and a camera for way too long over the past couple of days. I know you're probably sick of it by now. But uh, Sarah Arnold did bring up a proposal to purchase a home. This is uh, on West King Street. And this is the Zora Neal uh, Hurston. Hurston. Yes. Hurston. Zora Neal Hurston Great uh, home. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this? I know this is pretty new for you guys, but uh, uh, what are your thoughts on this historic home, right? Well, she brought it up at the end of a very long meeting. And so right. it, was, it was difficult to process. She was trying to get $239,000 uh, moved to purchase the home. And I think we grow complacent in St. John's County. We have so much history. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's really cool history, and it spans from the Spaniards coming here in the 1500s uh, to the Menorcans to, I mean, we have a lot of African-American history, yeah, civil sure. rights history here yeah. in St. John's County, and it's important, and it must be preserved. And so I think I, I commend her for bringing it up. I think the, the purchasing process, being that we are government, has to work uh, a little bit different than if we were a private buyer and we just wanted to go slap $239,000 right. down on the table. But I, I think it was a great move that she brought this up. That she recommended the staff pursue. Well, we know, have some history. We have some history of doing this. I mean, we bought Stetson Kennedy's home, uh, specifically Lake right. Hatchie. Yeah. And Zora, Zora Neale Hurston and Stetson worked together on the WPA project. Uh, Zora didn't live here. She, I think she was from Eatonville, but she lived here briefly during that time and worked a lot with Florida Memorial. I know she had a relationship with uh, uh, Rollins. Um, that wrote the yearling uh, a lot of literature history is what what we're talking about here um and right right now we have a little tiny part for zora but this would be kind of a cool uh a cool project uh, because not only did zora live in this home but another civil rights person lived in this home uh you know i, I can't give away that name because i don't know if they want to have it out there or not because you're negotiating but this home has a lot of historic significance and when we bought the hatchie we kind of said we're earmarking this and i think you guys what you decided to do was uh do a letter of intent and then figure out how to pay for it correct and, and that's kind of how we did the hatchie too uh we did get some state funding from it so hopefully we can 
reach back into some of that with the historic side of Big it. Big price difference, though, I would imagine, in buying that home. When was that purchased? When did oh, purchase it was purchased. It was purchased twenty years ago, and it's probably right. it's probably pretty close to the same price. Mm, so okay. it, was, it was. I think. I think the Lutahatchee was like one seventy. So it was not huge. And then we bought the house next to it to create the park. Right. So okay. Um, well. Commissioner Whitehurst, I thank you for coming in this morning. I think that's all we got for you at the moment. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> we, covered a lot of ground. we covered a lot of ground. To the point where we don't have time to cover most of the stuff we even wanted to cover here on the show. But I greatly appreciate your time. Greatly appreciate your insights, uh, your work on the commission. We, uh, I, I, we say it all the time. We do not envy uh, working on the county commission whatsoever. Uh, you've got a huge target on your back. Half the people are happy with you. Half the people not so happy with you all the time. So um, we do appreciate your, your work and, and working for the county. And thank you for coming in this morning. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank okay. you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. All right, man. Wow. What do we have time to get to here today? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, gas prices. Oh, oh, here's the gas report. It's high. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. Gas prices are high. <laughs> uh, and if you're high and you get thrown into jail, uh -oh. Chris Lucero will get you out. There <laughs> there you go. Woo! 904-822 Bail. He's the number one day with a bail game. Don't forget that number. All right, we got live music happening today and tonight as well with Jim Lamb going to be at the Mill Top at noon. Smoking Joe Shower at Trade Winds at 1. We got Reggie Starrett at the Mill Top at 430. Carpet Baggers at Hurricane Grill and Wings at 5. We've got Josh Ford and uh, just him at Tide's Oyster Company and Grill at 5. Joe Downing at the Guy Harvey Resort at 5.30. Our favorite serial killer, Gary Douglas Campbell at O.C. White's at 5.30. Caleb Joy at Harry's Seafood at 6. Zaza Flamenco. Ooh. I do like that name. Yeah, I like Flamenco. At Pierre's Pub at 6 o'clock. Dewey Via and O'Malley's at 6. Alexis... Did I get that right? Is this still Alexis? This changes yeah. from week yeah. to week. Alexis Paramus. Yeah, you were right all along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe Clay tried to correct you. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Casamata at 6 o'clock. Trivia with Troy and Blank. Hey! At the Beacon at 7 and Fawn Kaiser at Taps Bar and Grill at 8. Of course, shout out to Griffin Services for bringing you that music report. Your home's comfort is their top priority at Griffin. They specialize in AC, plumbing, and electrical services, plus unique offerings like standby generators, water softeners, and gas work, plus a whole lot more. They'll give you a free service call and an upfront quote, fast, friendly, and affordable, seven days a week. Give them a call, 904-500-2653. Also, shout out to our friends at Fidus Roofing. It is hurricane season, so you want to get that roof inspected today. So you don't have to pay those crazy high hurricane deductibles for the same damages. It's just a good idea. Uh, get them a call there for your free appointment. They're going to come out to your house. I don't even think you need to be there. Maybe you do. Clarify that with them. <laughs> Fidus Roofing, 904-355-ROOF. Pavers. And gutters. Yep. All right. There you go. We got five minutes to rifle through the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. Well, we talked about it in the, in the headlines, so I will touch on this one. Uh, former St. Augustine High School football standout facing double murder charges right now uh, after being charged with two counts of first-degree murder. This happened a couple of years ago. Anthony Wilson, who was 19 at the time of the incident, accused of fatally shooting 16-year-old Sydney Roundsville and her 21-year-old boyfriend, Kyle Stein, uh, in a condo complex in 2020. I remember this happening. He was later found in a pond. Yeah. Uh, trying to hide from police. Now, he originally pled guilty. That was coming with about a 45-year sentence. Uh, he has retracted that plea, however, and said that he was 
forced to make that plea by his attorneys. His old attorneys have uh, have resigned from this case. Mm. Uh, he's getting a new attorney, and he is pleading self defense. I think that's going to be a that's going to be a tough one. Maybe he can this, get life this time. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's what he that's what he uh, takes into into chance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we will, of course, follow that in a little more depth as uh, as that case continues. Let's see. Sunray Cinema might take over at the World Golf Hall of Fame for the IMAX Theater. Oh, there you go. Okay. So something going to be happening at that building. <laughs> and then uh, there's going to be a Mirabella Kids Triathlon. Good. Get them tired. Yeah. Yeah. Have a time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 9 a.m. Sunday, July 30th at the Mirabella Amenity Center in St. Augustine. It's going to be a chipped, timed race. Uh, ages 6 to 8, they're going to have a 50-yard swim in a pool. Uh, and uh, 0.75 mile run. Oh, and wow. a bunch of other stuff. A little yeah. bit more than ours. Yeah. A little bit more, yeah. We've <laughs> got the best run in town. Yeah, yeah. come on. Do it a point five. They can train with ours. Actually, don't do it a point five. Yeah, no, we own that. We'll, we will sue the kids' triathlon. Yeah. No, we won't. No, we won't. We don't have the money to sue anybody. No, 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 no. <laughs> we could probably get a sponsor and trade for an attorney. <laughs> Chris Lucero, so he makes his money back. We have to pay him Chris to get out of we, uh, we could see if Dan will do it on trade. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Troy, how do you want to approach the comments, man? <laughs> I will work through the watchful fans' witticisms while wishing for less wet days. Wow. Thanks, Bobby. Pretty good. Okay. As you do that, I'll remind people that Bates, Unit and Floyd has been providing insurance and peace of mind for residents and businesses in Northeast Florida for over 40 years. They got a small, dedicated staff to work directly with you. Chrissy Lawrenson, who called me yesterday to inform me on something that we talked about uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago, which was very, very nice. She's just, uh, she's attentive. She's on it, man. Mm-hmm. If you're a client of hers, she will keep you up to date. She will uh, make this whole insurance process way less cloudy for you. Uh, give her a call today. Get her on your team, 904-794-5455, as well as our friends at the Classic Car Museum and Classic Eventage. I got to tell you, it's very, very simple here, folks. They have got a 3,000-square-foot venue that you can hold an event at, and why not be part of this amazing atmosphere? All those amazing cars for you to check out that you don't have to have an event to check out, by the way. You can just go in there on any old day, and mm-hmm. uh, the kids love the car museum. I love uh, the air conditioning. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> the husbands and the boyfriends love the car museum as well. As, as I'm sure plenty of wives out there love the car museum yeah. as well. So Super cool. Get out there, check it out, out and if you need to have an event there, uh, get with their events division. Um, 826-7617. Troy, what do you got? All right. So several things uh, as far as question of the day. People took some vacations. People said uh, Pitbull concert, which yeah. was amazing. Oh, yeah. okay. um, I'll agree with that part. Um, a lot of people were getting on uh, Commissioner Whitehurst. I, I have to tell you, it's not easy to do what he did today. True story. He came in knowing he was going to be in the gauntlet. Oh, yeah. And and I don't think uh, I don't think any of us really took it easy on him, but it, he did it. You know, we appreciate the honesty of him coming in. Yeah. Uh, and he is kind of trapped by that NDA. So, you know, that's if he legally says something, it puts the county in a worse position. Sure. So yeah. I want people to understand that. Thank you, Jerry, for the stars. Melissa Hughes and Griffin uh, Services. Appreciate uh, you guys supporting our sponsors. That's very key to our success. So that's true. Keep supporting our sponsors if you guys will. Yeah. And they will support you as and well. And, yeah. and our sponsors are people that we back and we we use ourselves. Yeah. So. Exactly, man. Uh what do we got for 
Stoidemstat. All right, Stoidemstat. On this day in 1942, uh, George Washington Carver and Henry Ford came together uh, trying to come up with uh, a substitute for uh, uh, rubber tires and synthetic tires and stuff like that. And George Washington Carver, uh, even though he was very late in his life, uh, you know, he was born born a slave, went to, uh, got his degree. He couldn't get into Kansas uh, because they wouldn't accept uh, African-American. But he, he graduated from uh, Iowa State and then went to work for Booker T. Washington at Tuskegee. Mm. You know, and George Washington Carver is obviously famous for uh, the recirculation or, or revitalization of crops with peanuts, like what he did with peanuts. But George Washington Carver uh, was supported by Henry Ford in a lot of ways in a lot of his research. And I didn't realize that until today. And he came up with a substitute tire using dandelions. Ooh. Oh, wow. So that was kind of the... the they, they've had a friendship for a long time, but they never met face-to-face. And today's the day they actually met face-to-face. George Washington Carver died the next year. Oh. Henry Ford died in 47. But they were both very far along in their career. And I didn't realize how supportive Henry Ford was of the Tuskegee Institute. Because hmm. you wouldn't think, okay, this mogul up here. But he was super supportive. And he was into crops, and he had his farm. George Washington Carver managed his farm in Georgia for him. Oh, wow. So their connection was very intertwined, and it's the first time I've done some of my crazy deep dives that I made that connection. So. Very cool. All right. Good stone stat. Yeah. Ten August pizza right in between right my there. beer and ML King. Get one of those slices today. Get a slice of delicious. world cheese. Yes. Freaking delicious. All right, plug story. What you got? All right, we do have the beacon, but I got to say congratulations to Amber and Brandon last night getting married. Uh, yeah, appreciate right. you guys. Love you guys. Yeah, there you go. You married him. Yep. Good job. Uh, Davey? Hey, we got Heather coming on talking about the 18th Pachacacha Industry Night at Dog Rose Brewery tonight. So I'm excited to drive into that with her. All right. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah. Clay? Nothing. Okay. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you at three. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>